As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back. 755 is real. Presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70. Celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic. I'm with my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's going on, Eric? Nothing, man. How about you? Not much. Here in beautiful San Diego. Weather's gorgeous, as you can imagine, as it is 98% of the time. And uh, I'm getting ready for this big series, man, and this really strange uh, resumption we were talking off the air that I, none of us had ever been part of that we could recall, at least, a uh, the resumption of a, the completion of a suspended game. It's going to be interesting to see all the machinations that go into that. And, uh, you know, it's going to be quick because it's bottom of the fifth and it's only a seven-inning game. Yeah, I don't – I'm trying to think if I've ever played in one of those. I would think maybe in the seventh, eighth, or – Ninth, but they just bang the game. It's official. So if you don't get through five, they usually restart it, right? Yeah, it, it's uh, the rules changed. And, and instead of just canceling games and starting over, they changed that a few years ago smartly so that you didn't just waste all your time and stats on those games. So now they do resume them. Um, and because they, they wanted all the games completed and they didn't want them to stack up and all that. And, and uh, it made sense. So, but uh, there was one earlier, one or two earlier this year. Uh, that I didn't pay close attention to because the Braves weren't involved, but uh, this is the first one for the Braves and they are down five to four for anybody that doesn't recall that doubleheader game in July when they played the Padres in Atlanta, the Braves are down five to four. Is uh, it starting the bottom of the fifth inning and the Braves will be the home team, even though the game's here in San Diego, Braves will be the home team for, for the, just for the completion of that game, obviously then things will revert uh, and the game will start at five, 10, uh, San Diego Pacific time, eight ten Eastern time. And then the regular game will start at uh, two hours after that. We'll start at seven ten local Pacific here in uh, San Diego and ten ten in Atlanta. And both games are on Bally Sports Southeast. So you can watch both of the games there. I think Bally's doing like an hour uh, special before the suspended game to kind of go back over what happened in that game leading up to that. So, 
<laughs> another weird aspect of it is that that streak that Freddie had. Uh, remember the long streak without a strikeout? Oh, that streak that he had. This yeah. ha- this game happened in the middle of that. So that streak is going to, uh, it's going to end when it, w- with whatever he does in this at bat in these at bats in this game uh, are going to. It's going to happen as though it happened then. It's really odd. Any other streaks anybody had? If you had a hitting streak, yeah, you could be really weird if you had a hitting streak that was like approaching some records or whatever. Well, and- if that game kind of broke it, right? And so you had a twenty game going into it, went zero for two, game got delayed and then you got another you know 20 game hitting streak after that and you could you get a hit in this game you got a 41 game hitting streak yeah that'd be kind of crazy so freddie can uh can add a couple of ab's to that streak that he ended up with or it or if he strikes out it'll end right (laughs) right there yeah so um snit has not said who's going to be pitching for the braves in that game i don't think he knew until you know yesterday they had to see how they got through that game obviously um but it's going to be interesting. It's like, do you – I mean, if the Braves don't take the lead in the bottom of the fifth, do you go all out trying to win this thing? Do you bring in your best – use your best relievers, or do you save them for the second game? I, you know? I I think you just manage it like any other game. You know, if you get ahead, you go to your guys because a win's a win. Right, and if you go ahead. But what if you don't go ahead? No. I mean, you got to yeah. save – you have to save your – see, that, 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 just, that complicates it because – I mean, you got to look at how the game, you know, who they got coming in, how their pen is. But yeah, you can't go ahead and say, well, it's a one run game. Let me use Luke right now, because if right. we're up by one or down by one game, too. But, you know, double headers, you always kind of just manage it the same and worry about game two yeah. later. Yeah. Um, and the Braves are not one of those teams. There's not many that will use a guy. They're not going to use it the guy twice in one day. I've seen that happen. <laughs> I've done it. It's not you did, fun. You didn't do it with the Braves, did you? Yeah, I did Bobby? it. And. New York in 2011 with Bobby. Yep. No, with Freddie. Freddie. And I pitched. I think I pitched. I pitched. Oh, I wound up pitching. I think four games in three days or five games in four days. Something crazy. Wow. Because I pitched and pitched and then had a day off and then pitched two games in the doubleheader. And that second game, I felt like I was throwing pillows up there. <laughs> I mean, I thought I was going to be good. I felt okay warming up. And my first pitch in the game, I think I faced Lucas Duda or somebody. Threw my fastball down the way, and I said, all right, that felt like it came out clean. And I looked up and said, eighty six. I was like, shit, dude, that but, had to be weird for a guy who's. I, I mean, you've never done that in your professional career, right? Pitch twice in a day. You got to warm up twice. All that. I mean, most teams won't do that. I mean, the closest you normally get is say it's like the sixth inning, and you get hot and you're going in the game, and they bang it. Right. Or that, you know, like a delay. Right. So two, three hour delay. And then you wind up warming up and going through the whole thing that second time, two, three hours later. Yeah. That's kind of what that double header felt like. Um, Because you got you got all the way going and then your body calms down. You got to crank it up again. But pitching twice in a game or twice in a day. (laughs) I just had nothing that second game. I I just floated through it. You know, I think I got like fly balls, the warning track and stuff. But yeah, it's it's not good for you. So I, I would. I don't think any team will do it in today's game. Yeah, I don't think the Braves will do it with any guy, anybody they have for sure. No. Um, first of all, let's wrap up what happened uh, yesterday. The Braves—they are the fourth game in Arizona. Man, we've said we've said it before, and people don't understand sometimes, but it's true, man. It is tough to sweep a team in a four-game series. It doesn't matter how good you are and how bad they are. 
it's just tough. It's just, uh, and we saw that yesterday. The Braves had a four to one lead after six innings. And I thought, okay, they're going to sweep the Arizona for the first time in a four game series out there. Um, and what happens? They blow the, they, they give up a five run seventh inning and, and lose that game. So, um, at the, uh, and, and later in the same day, the Phillies were Came down six zero to Pittsburgh to the, Pitiful Pirates are, 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 I'm sorry, up 6-0. The Pirates are up 6-0 in the Phillies. The Phillies scored 12 unanswered runs and beat the Pirates 12-6. I mean, that's... So, you, as a result, you saw the Braves' uh, lead go from 3-2 to two yesterday because they had they had, had a, a nice little stretch there where they just kept stretching that uh, either state status quo or extended that lead. So yeah. they lost the game on that lead yesterday. And for the first day in a while, their magic number did not shrink. It had been shrinking by two or one run or one uh, game every day for a few days. So the magic number remains at nine to clinch their fourth straight division title. That's any combination of Braves wins and Phillies losses, totaling nine. So the Braves hope it doesn't come down to that final series with the Phillies and that final homestand, but we'll see. It probably will, you know. It's going to matter, you know, unless they, you know, unless you sweep the Padres and they lose all three, then you're up six. And Yeah, and I just can't see that happening. Even, you know, but even if you if you play them up two or up three, they got to sweep you to really make it make yeah. it hurt you know because if you if you if you go one and two to them they, they pick up one game you know or two games but mm-hmm. if it gets down to two heading in you know and they come into town hot i hope they just have a good series against san diego so they don't have to worry about it as much you know the mets are going to be hating on them trying to yeah. trying to you know make it tough to end the season even if they're out of it the mets got a tough uh they're getting pulled in both directions, I'm sure, because they hate both the Phillies and the Braves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, still, the Braves are, I mean, on balance, uh, they won, they lost two out of three, but won that last game in San Francisco. So they had a nice little run going. They had a four-game yeah. streak there, and they're just pounding teams, man. The home runs are piling up for these guys. The God. home runs and the ribbies. I mean, they're making 30 homers and 100 ribbies seem almost n- normal now, you know, with the, uh, so many guys doing that on this team or approaching it um, if they haven't already. So overall, four and three on this trip so far. If you'd have said that going in, I think they would have taken that. You know, if you'd have said you're going to be four and three after seven after the first two stops on this trip. But now you got what amounts to four games here in San Diego because, I mean, that's what you're going to get for results, mm-hmm. even though you're only playing three games plus an inning and, and a half. Um, Padres are not playing real good ball right now. So uh, this is a good time to get them compared to, say, a month ago. And it's going to be interesting. Braves, this is it. This is the last road series of the year for the Braves who have one of the best road records in baseball. They have a great road record. Um, so we'll see, uh, Max, they got, they got to like, uh, what they got going in the second game in the, in the regularly scheduled series over because they got Max Reed going. Yeah. And if you win this first one, I mean, piling up two wins in a day without really having to play the full double, double header, that'd be big. Uh, San Diego, ooh, six games back in the, even the wild card. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they were just, they have fallen apart, mail it in. I thought. I remember early in the year talking it was going to be them or the Dodgers. Nobody yeah. really gave the Giant, Giants credit, but we all missed it. We all whiffed on that. If you'd have spent, if you'd have bet about a thousand bucks on the on the uh, Giants to win the to win the division, division or win the uh, division in the pennant, 
You'd be sitting on 20 grand. You'd have made a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. They were 100 to 1. They were 100 to 1 to win the division. Shit fucking took that bet. Yeah. Sheik. Nobody, just nobody picked them to do this, what they've done. So, but uh, yeah, you could take. You could take three games off the magic number in one day, dude. Yeah, I'm sure the Braves would be would be uh, content with two. You could take two off of and get it down to seven. But so that's where they are. Four and three on the trip so far to San Francisco and uh, Arizona, and got today's whatever the details of today. Then you got Max going in game two, and. The other details on the uh, of the suspended game, I know people ask, and obviously you could you're going to play with the roster you've got. They're not going to have to bring in players that were on the team yeah. then and have guys that they acquired sit on the in the dugout in street clothes and watch the game. So you play with the roster you've got, um, and you can't come out and have you know uh, Freddie Riley and 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 Duvall hit the first three in no. the in the. Fifth inning today, you know you can't can't shoot. toy with the lineup and the the subs that come in can play any position, but they have to, you know, they, you, you can't move the guys that are already in the game. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Wanted to ask you about, uh, there were some comments yesterday Charlie made that I thought really were indicative of what really showed, just demonstrated why Charlie has been so important to this team. And I also wanted to ask you about Jacob Webb yesterday. Um, Jacob Webb has pitched really well since coming back. I mean, early in the year you had the, the, the thing with Pilar, obviously, where he hit him in the face, and that was ugly. That messed him up. Uh-huh. Came back from AAA, long stint AAA. Came da- came back up and really had pitched well before yesterday. Uh, did give up the walk off though to the walk off sack fly to Gossman, the pinch hitting pitcher in San Francisco, after throwing in that two two changeup that drove you crazy. Um, yeah. So and then so the, so he's had a couple of bad days here on this trip. But uh, first, I wanted to ask though about Max Free. Let I, look, listen to this man. He's twelve and seven. With a three-three-one ERA and twenty-six starts this season, since the beginning of twenty nineteen, Max Fried is thirty-six and thirteen with a three-four-seven ERA, one-two-two-five WHIP, seventy games, including sixty-seven starts, three hundred seventy-one strikeouts, one hundred seven walks, and three hundred seventy-one and a third innings in that span. And these are basically his first times in the in the big leagues. You know, I mean, for other than a brief call-up or whatever. So, um, 
But listen to what he's done since middle of July. 12 starts, 1.99 ERA. Opponents are hitting 202 with a 565 OPS and six homers against him in those 12 games. Nine Braves wins. He's got 76 strikeouts, 16 walks, 77 innings. Gets even better since the beginning of August. 5-0, and 171 ERA and nine starts. Eight Braves wins. Opponents hitting 197, 54 strikeouts and only nine walks and 58 innings. He's pitching like a legit number one, like with a handful of number ones there are in ball right now. Who would you start game one? It's a good question. Him or Charlie? I'd go Charlie. I probably would on, on track record. Yeah. yeah. And Charlie's pitched really well on the road too. So they're going to play those first two games on the road, which is good to have those two guys to be able to go. That's nice. When yeah. one of those games, at least in Milwaukee, if that's, you know, as things stand now, that's what you do. Start with two games in Milwaukee. Um, and the Braves, you know, they beat up on those two all-star uh, Brewers pitchers. Unlike other teams that in that series earlier in Atlanta, they got both they really of those did. guys and be, and, and got to both of those guys pretty well. So, they got to have a lot more confidence than most teams would going against Burns, and uh, you know the couple of all-star pitchers that they have, and the Braves, and the Braves have had a little bit of success against Hayter too, going, but nobody does much against him. But Freddie got him a few years back, I remember. He did, he did. So um, I asked Charlie and Ian Anderson both about Freed in the last couple of days, and here's what Ian said about Max. Last couple of months, he said he's been a rock, definitely. The last month and change, definitely. When I went down, he kind of took the reins. I think that's the guy he wants to be. He wants to be the guy that can go out there and shut it down. He said he mentioned the start in San Francisco on Sunday when Max was at his best, man, in that big game. They really, yeah. it was a must-win game, and he pitched great. He said that start he had in San Francisco is a prime example of that. He seems to pitch better almost in big games and big situations like that. That's what you need out of your ace. He said he's definitely got it, and it's fun to watch. When he's out, when he's in a groove, he's fun to watch, and he competes. It's awesome. I see that, too. I, I see that. You know, I think early in the season, I see him always kind of finding his footing. Mm-hmm. But whenever it's a, a, a big team, it, it seems like he takes it to that next level. And, you know, I don't know if that's something you can really teach or some guys are just born with, but they're able to just amp up, focus more. It's almost like they need it, you know, kind of like a closer. Yeah. You know, they, they can't yeah. pitch when the game's not on the line for whatever reason. I think there's there's guys like that, you know, starters that have that kind of closer mentality where when thing get, things get tough or tense or it's a big game, they almost just, you know, it provides a focus for them. But, yeah. I, you know, I think of him, I don't know if I think of him as the ace just because he's had, you know, some injuries and, and some spurts where he's not as effective, you know, like early in the year this year. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely going to be an ace. And he just has to he has to do it for a whole season where he's healthy and healthy. Two eye stints this year earlier. Yeah. So he's got to be healthy. I think that's the only thing keeping him from, you know, really being considered like a horse or an ace, but he's as he's as close as you can get right now to be in that. You know, and I think he's only gonna get better. I asked Ian if Max is the perfectionist, uh, you know, self-driven that it seems like from outside looking in. He said he definitely is. He wasn't even pitching that bad, but he was definitely frustrated. And I think that kind of self-motivated him to turn in the second half that he's turned in. And you could see it early in the year. Yeah. Freed was so down on himself when he had the yeah. he had the hamstring thing and he had the blister, a little bit of the thing. He uh, 
when he had some bad games, he comes into there and it's just like it's, there was a death in the family. I mean, he really takes it hard when he goes out and struggles. He He's just so down on himself. So to see him the last, it's been night and day in the last couple of months. But he doesn't get all full of himself either. I mean, he's just no. – uh, he's so even keeled when he's, when he's pitching really well and always points to something he didn't do perfectly in that game. Yeah, it's like it's – you know, that mindset's like when you pitch well, you're off the hook. Yeah. yeah it's just a relief. You know, I yeah. did what I'm supposed to, but I love guys. You know, there's some guys that you see that just ride the wave. They they had a good game. They're loud in the clubhouse. They're talking to everybody. They're the funny guy making jokes. And when they pitch bad, it's like, yeah, like a death in the family. They, right. Even the next day they come to the field, you tell a good joke and they give you nothing. You're just like, I thought I nailed that. You know, and they just walk by all glum and you, you're just like, oh, we pitched bad yesterday. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's another thing where – Winning is a nice distraction from all that. I mean, that's why a lot of guys do good on good teams because it's like you always have that consolation prize of, you know, maybe I pitched like shit, but we still won the yeah. game and you can turn the page with it. Um, I, I think that most good teammates, you can't tell how their game went yesterday, the way they show up to the field today. And, and that's a that's a big part of leadership because if one guy starts sulking, you know, now all of a sudden other guys are doing the same thing too and, and you make it acceptable to act like that in the clubhouse. Uh, and then I asked Charlie about him yesterday after Charlie's game. I asked, I asked him about Max and I mentioned that Max is kind of a late bloomer, not like Charlie, who like was in his thirties before he really found himself and figured things out. But Max was, you know, 26, he's 27 now. So, uh, you know, a couple of years later because he missed two years with the injuries with the TJ, yeah. he missed two full seasons basically. So I asked Charlie about him, uh, just his impressions on, 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 uh, on Max. And he said, yeah, he had his ups and downs for a while, a few months while, where he was trying to figure some stuff out. It's not easy to do. Like you said, he's still kind of young in the big leagues. What, he's 27? But like you said, he's got like one true full year in the big leagues, and he was trying to figure some stuff out. There were a couple of outings early where he had to grind through some stuff, and it just clicked for him. The way he's been throwing the ball for the past couple of months now, for Max, he's just so talented and has such a yeah. passion for the game and wanting to get better all the time. Charlie said, I think for him, he just needed one or two things because he's just really talented. And I think he's in such a good spot now. Like I barely try to talk to him about baseball at all. Like I think he's in such a good spot and it's such a great time to get on a roll. Perfect time for the team. Yeah. It sounds like he could, Charlie's saying, you know, he has a tendency to maybe analyze a little too much. Yeah. And that's simplifying it and just having one or two things, you know, I mean, that, that works for, for a lot of pitchers. Especially when you when you struggle, you got everybody throwing their two cents in. Yeah. A lot of times they'll contradict themselves. Like one guy says you're flying open, one guy says you're not staying closed long enough, and all of a sudden you're just out there, you know, kind of guessing. You're watching too much video. Um, it's it's crazy when you just simplify it and and you know stay back or yeah. work top to bottom. Just one easy cue fixes some of the other stuff you're doing. So I think you know that's. That's kind of Charlie hinting at that and yeah. and saying that that's probably something that he's talked to him about and gone through with him and and that's knowledge a vet can pass on and then he sees Max doing well and he's not going to say a word to him because yeah. you don't you, you know you know you don't want to plant a seed that could that could grow into some kind of other bad habit or problem but that's that's just a smart smart vet right there talking. The lineup shift the Braves snit changed the lineup in Arizona, moved Soler up to lead off which. 
on the surface, you went, wow, six foot five, 250 pound leadoff a guy. And then Freddie, they might be the biggest one, two uh, in baseball until the yeah. Yankees, you know, use Judge and Stanton up there. <laughs> yeah. But Solaire, Freeman, they move Ozzy to third and Austin Riley cleaned it up, stayed there. Um, I really like it. I like because yeah. Solaire really has great at bats. And Ozzy, even though he put up some good numbers in the leadoff spot, he's hit much better in the third spot. Freddie actually has hit, even though he's spent his, most of his career at three hole in the last five, six, seven years, seven years, he's actually hit better in the two hole this year than three hole. Yeah. So I like this lineup the way it is. And I can, I think Snit will stay with it until further notice until somebody really falls out. Like Solaire really goes in a deep funk or something, but uh, so far you can't argue with the results. I mean, and it's such a deep lineup too, obviously with Duvall anywhere, anytime you got Duvall, the, the, uh, League RBI leader. He's he's approaching forty homers and one hundred and ten ribbies, man. And he had a homer that didn't count too. Yeah, man, what a game he had! He had a home run that didn't count that should have, and then he had the the uh, single, the double that you know the ground rule called it a ground rule double because the fan over hung over and all that. He had a very strange game. That. Uh, I thought the umps really screwed up on that uh, on the on the home run that took him away that they took away because because Riley okay yeah he should probably have, didn't have to go back so fast to first base but the umpire didn't signal anything if yeah. the umpire had told him you know at signal Riley would have known what to do but he was scared and was running back to first base and meanwhile Duvall has rounded first and he's halfway to second he stops. And he just passed him barely. Riley just passed him, but that's the rule. If they if they cross like that, the guy's out. You know, so very strange. You know, the 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 ball was dead. It should have been dead, yeah. and the umpire should have signaled faster. So, how about if yeah, he ends up with thirty nine homers and he would have had forty? Yeah, and he never well, does I mean, it again in his career. I feel like with that rule too is once the ball's out of the park. Yeah. I think the base staying in the base, all that stuff should go out the window because the ball's over the fence. I mean, I know a rule's a rule right. and they got to, you know, they have to call it the way that the rule book says, but that's a rule for me that if the ball winds up going over the fence and you can't tell if the outfielder caught it or not. Yeah. You know, they should be you, able to use their judgment on that call. Use your judgment, especially yeah. if you don't make a signal or if the ump would have called out. Right. Right. And then Riley ran back to first and passed him. Yeah. And then they realize it goes over the fence. Right. They they would have had to call uh, Duvall or Riley out for doing that when the ump caused it. You know, I mean, it's, I think it should be somewhat of a judgment call there. Yeah. The ump didn't call anything. I mean, because yeah. Riley's sitting there going, did it go out? You know, I mean, they shouldn't penalize those guys for, for the confusion that the umpires caused. But there's some weird rules like that in baseball that could, could get updated. Yeah. So that foursome, by the way, in the four-game Arizona series, those guys at the top of the order, the four, they scored 21 runs and had 22 RBIs between them, between four guys in a, in a four-game series. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Albies really thrived in that three-hole, and Freddie has a higher average, higher OBP, and higher slugging percentage in the second spot than he does in three-hole, which you might not have suspected, you might not have expected. He, I feel like he always hits well in the, in the two-hole. But but moving Stellar up, you know, talking about that, if I hadn't seen him play, yeah. you know, the last month or so, and 
and you just told me, numbers. you know, if you told me early July that the Braves were going to have Solaire hitting leadoff, yeah. you know, in, in mid-September, I would have said, you know, what happened? When he was How's hitting 190-something for the Royals? How is that even possible? But after watching his at-bats, especially I remember that bat he had against the, the reliever that was struggling to throw strikes in St. Louis. Yeah. And I thought, you know, if he's aggressive here, he could, yeah, he could, you know, cause. I knew the guy wasn't going to throw strikes, but not knowing Soler yet, I thought he might come up and be aggressive. And he had a great at bat, took the walk, and right. so I started paying more attention. And you know, I guess just being a huge dude with crazy power, I just assumed he'd be yeah. more of a free swinger. But he has really good at bats, so you know, it's not that your typical leadoff guy, but I think it's, you know, I think it's fine. I think it works. Yeah, he's not slow. Yeah, because they don't have an obvious guy to use in that spot right now. Albies yeah. is not, you know, he's not he's not a typical leadoff guy at all. And he's, he's too he's a free swinger. Yeah, yeah. And Jock Peterson, if he was in a lineup every day, okay, maybe he's a little closer to that, but still he's not in a lineup every day. And you're not gonna play him over Rosario. Rosario's played great. So Yeah. It's unfortunate for Jock Peterson, but because when he got here, you know, it looked like he was going to be playing every day, but nobody could have foreseen that uh, the Braves were going to get those three outfielders at the trade deadline, and that all three of them were going to play so well. Yeah. So no, I didn't. Good I anticipated one or two of them hitting, not all of them. Uh, meanwhile, going back to Jacob Webb, uh, the bullpen. Right now, you were you. You had a few weeks there where the bullpen, where everybody was clicking when they first got Richard Rodriguez, and he was pitching great. Yep. And Jacob Webb came up and was pitching great. Jacob Webb so far has only had you know the one bad game yesterday, and then the the, one, the pitch to Gossman. But uh, I don't count the one in San Francisco. Right. It was extra innings. Weird. You know, I don't count any of those. Weird. Uh, Rich Rodriguez is get is really ran into a home run problem. Man, it's given up a lot of bombs. Uh, so the so the bullpen not quite where it was for sure. Uh, you still got Luke Jackson pitching great. Um, he came back in fraternity. He had like he had one blip, but he's pitched really well this year. He's having a great year. But uh, I think they need to, they 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 got to hope that they can get some more guys clicking again before they get to the postseason. They'll get that thing to where it was or closer to where it was. Uh, but the good thing is you're not going to have. You're gonna have. Uh, uh, you're not gonna need all your starters in the playoffs, right. and you're gonna be able to move somebody to the pen if you want to. You know, I still think Enoa makes some he'd sense for a five game series. Put him in the pen. Yeah, he'd be good in the pen. He he has that let it eat mindset. I can tell just watching him start. I think if they could get Rich Rod and Chris Martin, you know, going just going back to, I mean, close. You know, if they yeah. can get them going before the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I think that gives him a lot better shot because, I mean, Webb's looked great. He had one bad game. Yeah. You know, he hung a changeup. Yeah, he's pitched great. He, he's looked great. But it, it'd be nice to have some depth. But I think Snit's in a position where he's going to have to kind of ride the hot hand. You know, if if Luke's pitching really well or struggling or Matzik's hot, you know, you kind of make decisions on how they're going versus having set roles. So Thursday, Jacob Webb replaced Charlie. Charlie had another great start, really solid start. He was uh, Charlie had uh, had only given up one run during the seventh inning. He gives up a couple singles to start the inning. They bring in Webb. Um, it's a four-one game. Brazier leading four-one, two-one. Webb gives up a three-run homer on the second pitch he threw. First batter he faced Carson Kelly, and again it was an O-one changeup after he took a fastball. On the first his changeups looked really good too. He just hung it. Yeah. 
So before getting rocked, he gave up two more hits without recording an out, came out of the game. Before getting rocked for three hits, including the three-run homer. Before that, Jacob Webb had allowed zero earned runs, seven hits, six walks with 14 strikeouts in 16 and a third innings over his previous 15 appearances. No earned runs. So, I mean, he he had pitched really well. Just the Gossman, that that game, that was it. Um, So here's what Snit and Webb said yesterday about that pitch and the homer. And then I wanted to share again something with Charlie that really speaks strong about why Charlie has been so so crucial for this team and, and why they wanted so badly to have him back um, next year. Here's Snit on Webb having a rough day after that long stretch of great ones. Snit said, go back and look how good he's been. I mean, he's it's going to happen. They're going to have a day where they're going to hang a pitch. Yeah. He's come in the other night, the night before last, threw one or two pitches, got a tough hitter out to help us win a game. Hey, it happens. And asked if he, if he thinks Webb has the confidence to bounce right back from that. He goes, yeah, Jacob's been through a lot. This is probably a minor thing compared to what he's battled through over his career. I've got no qualms about the way he'll bounce back. He said, it's one game. As a reliever, it's one game. You've got to have a short memory if you're going to be a reliever because this is going to happen. If you snit, you throw him right back out there tonight with the game on the line. Mm-hmm. If That's what I do because mm-hmm. – you know, I think that's the one thing managers get wrong. And that that's the mindset. And that's the quote you want to hear from your manager because he's thinking the same thing. But the worst thing a manager can do when a guy's been hot and has one bad game is change their role or or be scared to push that button yeah. because of one game. You know, I mean, you can have the you can have the best season ever. You're still going to have a game where you go out there and you just don't have it. You know, I mean, the, the, the odds are the, the mindset he's in, the way he's throwing the ball, he's going to be good again tonight. But if you make him sit for three or four days. Right. And his situations come up, and he doesn't even get warm in the pen. Yeah, then stuff starts stirring up there. So I'd throw him right back out there. Stitt said, uh, "I said, did he just not locate as well uh, in this game as he had?" And he said, "He hung a change. That thing, if he stays in the middle of the, if it stays in the middle of the plate, it's just like guys who throw split fingers. If they don't break, they go a long ways. It was yep. a pitch. It's his pitch. It was the right pitch, and he didn't get it all. Yeah, he just you just miss with it sometimes. Yeah." Uh, Webb said on, on one game like this, one bad pitch, just having to, uh, having gone through such a good stretch, like you did, just went through, does it easy, make it easier to kind of shrug it off and move forward? And Webb said, I mean, today I just didn't have my best stuff, man. Hanging stuff in the zone. I mean, that's what happens. You've got to make good pitches up here. I think it doesn't make it any easier, but you got to bounce back. You've got to come back and be ready to go every single day. And, and then we've told him what Snit had said about, Thinks he's been through in his career how this is a relatively minor thing for him to get over. He said, yeah, I have every confidence in the world in my ability and what I do every day. But, yeah, it's just frustrating, man, going out there and getting an opportunity and just kind of hanging stuff, today at least. Uh, He said, I didn't feel like off or anything. I just wasn't placing it where I wanted to place it. Yeah, and and that just happens. You know, I mean, I think I was almost better in those games when – when I felt like shit, because uh-huh. I would, I would know if I made a mistake, you know, it was getting hit and uh-huh. it'd be like, you know, you call a slider and I, I knew I didn't have a good one that day. I'd force myself to bury it. Yeah. Um, it was, it, for me, it was a lot of the times I got lit up was if I was on a roll and, and when I was warming up, the ball was just exploding out of my hand. You start getting real cocky and you get a little careless, you know, and it's just as easy to get hit like that. You know, you walk the first guy, but yeah. you're throwing 94 and it's up and away and stuff sailing. And then all of a sudden you're in, you're in trouble and you're not as focused. 
But, you know, that for him, you're off one day, you've been hot, you hang a change up, it gets hit, it's baseball. You know, you're going to have days like that. And as a reliever, it sucks because yeah, that whole run he's on and a lot of fans' minds right. gets erased. And, right. and they want to be like, well, I'll see, I told you that's who he is. And you just have to ignore all that and, and get back out there. And the sooner you get back out there, the better. And here's what Charlie, here's the, here's the quotes I'm talking about from Charlie on why I think he's been a terrific influence on this team on and off the mound, and it's why they wanted to bring him back. He's 37. They wanted to bring him back on a $20 million deal next year with an option for 2023. Here's what he said. I said, what do you say to Jacob Webb if you say anything? What could you say? Uh, have you been impressed? And I asked him, have you been impressed with what he's done so far? He said, Remember, he, he'd he given up two singles, left the game with a 4-1 lead. Charlie did, and he proceeds to give up a three-run bomb, both those runs to Charlie. So here's what Charlie said. Yeah, I love watching him pitch. I think he's going to have a great career. He's a guy that I think if he just stays the course, he's going to be in the big leagues a long time. And I told him, he said he felt really bad, and all those guys down there, like if they come in and we have a lead oh, and, the there's, worst. and there's guys on – that's just how they are. They take it on themselves and not only do do it for themselves, I think they take it personally, especially when they view it as a responsibility to either pick up somebody else up or whatever because they're team guys. They care about that stuff. And I really hope he's he cares. I mean, he cares a lot. All those guys do. And then and then Charlie said I regarding the runs, he goes, I really don't care. He goes, one, if I left runners on for somebody to finish an inning for me, they're my guys. And two, yeah. I just don't care. I much prefer that guys just come in and give it all they've got and that and they give it all they've got. They're pre- and if they give it all they got, they're prepared to do their job and it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. He said, that's my view of it. I don't get upset about it. I just don't because I know long term and just on a day-to-day basis, we need everybody to feel comfortable. And I feel like there's not extra weight on their shoulders and and feel like there's not extra weight on their shoulders because somebody in the dugout is going to be disappointed in them if runs get cashed in. I just think it's ridiculous. Oh, I mean, you, I mean, you already feel bad enough. Yeah, you know, and then then a guy gives you the cold shoulder and the clubhouse is acting different for you. You know, I mean, the best thing that happens is when you struggle and you give up somebody's runs and they come up and give you a hug after and tell you, you know, go get them tomorrow. I mean, that's that that's that chemistry, that teammate type of stuff that you wouldn't think would make a huge difference, but. Mm-hmm. It, 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 all that stuff matters. I mean, I remember after bad games, you, you're talking about, you know, what do you say to a teammate after they struggle? Every good team I was on, you know, even, even if you were a rookie and you came in and blew a game, yeah. you know, when I was with, with certain teams, it was like nobody'd look you in the eye after the game or everybody treats you like you had a bad game. On the good teams, you know, yeah. you, you come in, you blow a game, the team fought all game for it. You already feel shitty enough. Chipper Jones comes up and punches you in the side, tells you go get him tomorrow. And it's yeah. like, Shit. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm off the hook here. You know, these guys aren't mad at me. They know it's a hard game. The teams where your manager won't look at you in the hallway or, or guys are not sitting with you at the table because you had a bad yeah. game. It's just like you, you can go one or two directions with how your teammates react to you. So yeah, that's, that's a great mindset from Charlie. Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. 
or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Adam Duvall left Thursday's game at Arizona, and people were worried that he was hurt or something. He had fatigue in his legs. He'd done a lot of running in center field the night before. That's a huge center field in Arizona. And he did a lot of running gap to gap. Uh, You know, everybody knows he's a type 1 diabetic. Who knows if that if that had something to do with it? But they just wanted to get him out and uh, and 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 get him ready for San Diego. So that's why he left that game. Uh, nothing more than fatigue in the legs. I was told. Um, Jason Stark had a great stat today or yesterday. Teams that have had their regular first baseman, second baseman, and third baseman all hit thirty plus home runs. Two thousand nineteen Astros with Guriel, Altuve, and Bergman. Bregman. Bergman, Bregman, and the 2021 Braves, Freeman, Albies, Riley. Freeman, Albies, Riley. That's it. Those two teams are the only two teams that have had Ever? Those, three, those three guys hit 30. Yeah. Yeah. What's Dansby got? 26? 26. And hit the Braves and the Marlins, that are the only teams with all four infielders, have 25. That Marlins team was only one guy was only one shy of having, they would have been the first team, the only team to have all 30. I thought for a while Dansby was going to do it, but I don't think so now. He's been he's not he's been in a funk lately, so I think they're going to have to settle for having four with uh, twenty five and three with thirty. So that's we'll still, see. That's pretty, still pretty good. Pretty crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, and I feel and, like you can't click on the highlight app for a Braves game and not see Riley or Duvall hitting homer. Right that's now. what it feels like, doesn't it? Every game, and and really, that's what they needed too to to be where they are, considering they lost Ozuna for basically the whole season. Yeah, and then they lost the, you know, one of the best two or three players in baseball at right before the All Star break, and 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 the the reason they've been able to pick up the slack from those two bats, considering what those two guys meant to the team last year, is these guys doing career, having career best years, all of them. Yeah, I mean, you got three guys that are having career years. You know, Dansby too, if you consider the home runs and RBIs, but Riley, uh, Ozzy, and Duvall, all. I mean. Uh, Ozzy just quietly does it. I mean, yeah. if it's if it's possible to be the first, the youngest second baseman in Major League history to have 30 homers and 100 RBIs, the only bridge second baseman to do it. He fu- somehow manages to do it quietly, quietly, which is crazy because the way he plays, too, is not quiet, you know? Yeah, that's he's an exciting player. Yeah. I just think maybe he's so small and these guys are big around him doing big things, too, and he does it. He doesn't really get hot and do it. You know, he stays. He didn't, he never really goes through yeah. long stretches where he's not doing anything. So he doesn't bring attention to himself like some guys who get 
through big slumps and then have a month where they're like player of the month. He just plugs away, man. Yeah, he doesn't hit 10 homers in a week and then right. get cold for it's not the yeah, he's just kind of consistent. Yeah. But yeah, he's done a hell of a lot in his career to be I mean in that contract, Jesus Christ. We've talked about it before, but <laughs> that contract is going to be rival Acuña's as the most team friendly in baseball. It's like that Longoria contract Longoria signed. Yeah. Yeah, they got a his agent, no good. <laughs> Bad deal, buddy. No, no bueno. Um, no, no good. <laughs> Freddie, uh, still no contract for Freddie, but I am 100% certain it's going to get done. I'll stick by that, and I think it could happen anytime. There's an off day Monday, so we'll see. That would be a perfect time to do it, wouldn't it, before the last homestand announce that? We'll see. We'll see. If not then, then it's going to be after the season. They're not going to do it during the postseason, obviously. So, at least I wouldn't think so. It'd be, I mean, it'd be, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how I feel as a player putting in the time he'd put in and still waiting to, you know, to, still waiting to see what's going on. Yeah, but unless they told you some stuff between if you they and they did, them, then yeah. it's different. If they've assured yeah. you that it's going to get done, it's different. If they haven't, then yeah, I'm a, I agree with you. If they haven't given him any indication that it's going to get done, yeah, but I know they have. I just think it'd be so cool to to wear one uniform your whole career, especially, yeah. you know, he's if you go into the Hall of Fame and you don't have to pick a hat. Yeah. Not a lot of guys do that. Well, shit, I think at this point, I, I, he could go somewhere else and have five good years. He's still going in as a Brave. He'd have to go yeah. somewhere else and have like eight or nine good years, you know, before you yeah. even be close. There yeah. aren't many Maddoxes out there, you know, that are torn between Maddox with the Braves and the Cubs. Yeah. You know. There's not many, but yeah, it's going to be, I mean, he can be like Chipper and Jeter, you know, there's just not many of those guys anymore. Obviously Tatis should be one barring some, something crazy, like, you know, like you get in a fight with your other all-star uh, infielder. <laughs> that, that was that, that, that thing got blown up too. I think though, you know, I don't, if people don't know what we're talking about, there was a video some fan took of Tatis and Machado screaming and at each other. It started with the bench coach. Oh, it started with the bench coach? Yeah. And Machado, I didn't know that aspect. Bench coach called out Tatis first, and Machado goes all the way back to the Orioles with the bench coach. They're good friends, and that's when Machado jumped in too. He wasn't saying anything bad. He was telling him to go play baseball. Yeah, right. I mean, I I thought it was just great leadership. And I don't, I'm not necessarily a fan of Machado because some of the stuff he's done, you know, over the years. Yeah, I've, I think I've he's seen, changed. I think he's, I think he's changed, up. and you know, some guys you don't like when they're on the other team, but anytime I see a teammate. Talking to another teammate like that, I know it's not out of hate. Like that, I bet you those right. two guys are the, are really close friends. And and he was, you know, if a guy's that intense and that amped up, you almost have to rise to his level of intensity and yell back just to get through to him. Right. You know, you got to be pretty intense to to influence a guy in that state of mind. But yeah, that thing got blown up. People thought Machado looked bad in it. I thought he looked great. Yeah, he was telling him it's not about you; it's about the team. You know. Go play baseball. Right. The same shit if it went in the clubhouse, nobody would know about it, but it happens all the time. I mean, you know. It but guys get over that stuff in yep. eight minutes. Yeah. You know, and they're better the for they, it. And they're, and better, they're for better for it. it. It's aired out. You come back in the dugout. They probably sat and ate dinner together after the game. And, you know, I, mean, I, I think people don't understand the intensity that is in that dugout. And professional sports and how much it, intensity there is, period. Yeah. Just 
you know, stuff like that happens and, and it's not a big deal. And as a young guy, I know that I know that Tatis is going to appreciate it. If not now, then he'll appreciate it later. That when He's I going to be 20, saying that to somebody in, in 10 years. When he was 22 years old and kind of full of himself or, or briefly lost sight of what the, the, the main ambition yep. was when the team was struggling late in the year. He's going to remember that. It's going to, he was right, man. Call me yep. out. And I'm better that's how it. you learn those lessons. That's that's the best thing about Pro Bowl is you got guys that can rise to your level and, and get a message across to you, and they'll fight over it. You that's know, like, so you got to listen. It's like when Jim Leland called out Barry Bonds, and Barry mm-hmm. Bonds to this day has more respect for Jim Leland than anybody else in his life, in yep. his baseball life. So, yep. All right, that's it. Seven fifty-five is real. We got four big games coming up. Well, three games and a and the conclusion of another one coming up in San Diego and. Uh, Another big series, last last road series of the year, regular season for the Braves before they go home and finish it up against the Phillies and Mets, and they hope that the, it doesn't come down to that final series uh, to get this thing uh, clinched. So They could have a chance to do it against the Phillies. Yeah. Yep. It would be nice to put it away and, and start lining up for the playoffs, but can't get ahead of yourself. Yep. No doubt. I think it's going to be good for him to go into to have yeah. to go to not have like two weeks off basically. To I reset think that's the worst. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be good for him to have to play into that final week of the season, maybe that last series of the season. Stay sharp. Well, the the Philly series can be like a a playoff kind of practice yeah. round. You know that that should have that same intensity and feel. Yeah. As it, you know, it almost be bad to sweep the Padres and play the Phillies. You know, seven games up or something like that. And they don't have a bunch of they don't have any pitchers that really need to back off of either. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's freed out a couple of IL stints early. Uh Charlie's Charlie. He does this all the time. And he's yeah. been through these wars and the postseason and everything. So they don't really have to they didn't need that reset, you know, to 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 get guys ready for the postseason. They'd be better off, I think, going into it on a roll, pitching, playing well, hitting like they're hitting right now, for sure. You know what else is is uh, catching my attention is if St. Louis plays in that wild card game, they're the only team in baseball I think could beat Scherzer. And they're so hot right now. How about that? Yeah, they're the only team that would scare me if I'm the Dodgers. The run that they're on right now reminds me of that run that the Rockies were on that year, Rocktober. Yeah. But they they spent it all before they got to the uh, World Series and then got destroyed, but yeah. Man, what a run they were on. And that's the kind of run that the Cardinals are on right now. You want to take into the postseason. I think the Rockies swept their first two postseason series that year. Yeah. So Cardinals just got some kind of magic to them. They really <laughs> I think do. somebody called it devil magic or something. But they really do. They're a scary team when they're hot going in the postseason. How about if Wayno's facing Scherzer in the wild card game? I could see him I could see him striking out ten and going yeah. seven innings. Yeah. Scherzer gives up one and loses. Can you even imagine the Dodgers getting beaten the Walker? I can I, see I, it. I, I want to imagine the Cardinals. it. <laughs> I do too. I can see it. I can see it for sure. And that's that's a team that I think the Braves, you know, would struggle with the most in the postseason after watching that series last year. Yeah. You know, it'd be nice if they just got knocked out. It'd be real nice. All right. 755 is real. We will do this again on uh, next Monday or Tuesday. Monday's an off day. We'll probably do it Tuesday before the homestand. Cool. That's it. 755 is real. Thanks, everybody. Talk to y'all later.